Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We'll be in Acts chapter 3 today, and I'm going to ask you to think just a little bit with this first idea. Sorry about that, but think just a little bit. Here it is. It'll come on the screen. Consider a mess difficult situation that cannot be fixed by money, medicine, or time. It may be a situation in your life, a situation in a friend's life, but when you look at that, it's really not a matter of money or medicine or time. Let me try to give you an example. Uh, I, got a, I saw a Facebook post from a friend of mine two days ago. His name's Mark. And here are some of the things that he shared in his Facebook post. He said, today, I went down to Indy to find out what they found out from Monday. Well, gang, it's not good. Heart is too damaged to do any bypass. Transplant is not an option either. Basically, running out of options, at this point, my heart is only working at 18%. Now, how do you know that's not a, I'm assuming Mark has insurance, you know, that's not going to, you can't just throw money at that and go, oh, well, here, well, just, here's 20 bucks, and that'll get all fixed. You can't, you can't just go, here's $2 million, and that get fixed. I assume, and there was more in the information, that the doctors are still going to try some things. Time's not going to fix that, and some of you might know where we're headed with this, ultimately, It's situations where you need God to get involved if things are going to get better. I've been uh, now in ministry for several years, and every once in a while I'll be in a situation where I will be asked, asked to try to help in a marriage situation. And some marriages, did you know some marriages get really, really, really messy? Did you know that? Did you, some of you have experienced that? It always concerns me when, you know, someone might say, wait, 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 uh, like, you hate him? Oh, or she did that, and she's still doing that? And there have been a few situations where they will then say, Mark, Pastor Mark, can you help us? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, you're going to need, now I know someone who can. It's God. But it's not a matter of, you know, money, medicine, or time. You need God to get involved in those things. Another example, by the way, you're supposed to be thinking of times or people or situations where they just need, it's, the answer's going to have to be God. A um, friend of mine who has been through seven miscarriages, seven. How do you know you, you can't fix that? The, the, some of the emotional champ pain of that with a gift certificate to Starbucks. Here, this will, that's not going to deal with that. Another way to frame these situations, it's like we need, these are we need a miracle moments. So where we're going to head today is... Wouldn't it be great 
to see the miraculous more often? Anybody say, yeah? Wouldn't it be great to see the miraculous more often? And just to be clear, we should see the miraculous. Jesus, the Bible indicates that it should. We sh- and we see it every once in a while. There's a little boy, the, the, the woman that I referenced that had, had seven miscarriages. There's a little boy running around the church. Call him a little miracle boy. And, and I was talking to her this week. And we consider him a miracle boy. I think God intervened in the midst of a bunch of prayer and gave him a child. I do, we do see and hear testimonies of marriages that were a mess, big mess, and God will redeem that. And we should see that, but wouldn't it be great to see the miraculous more often? Here's some Bible verses in Mark 16. Jesus describes, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. In verse 18, it says, they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. In Matthew 10, Jesus tells his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is near. And he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. And I like the last phrase. I don't have it highlighted on the screen. Freely you have received freely give. It indicates to me that there should be some, there is some generosity on God's part in this. Like, this is not like a, well, don't let it happen. This is like, yeah, go do this stuff. We want to see this in the world. It's not just the apostles. In Acts chapter 6, by the way, we're going to look at this story next week at church. There's a man mentioned, his name is Stephen. He's not an apostle. He wasn't part of the twelve. But it describes him as a man full of God's grace and power. And it says he performed great wonders and signs among the people. You could, the words there in the original language for wonders and signs, it's the same word or one of the same words that can be used for miracles. So hold those thoughts. We're in this series called Audacity. Bold Acts of the early church. And today we're going to try to learn from the early church and learn from a time where, when it appears that more of the miraculous was happening. And so I think we're going to learn from that. Just a side note, uh, I do hear, it feels like I hear people indicate every once in a while, well, we no longer need the miraculous because we live in the modern world and we have science And I would like to say, did that, you're applauding because I zerberted people? And I'm not saying that we're not appreciative of doctors and physicians. Can we all give them one clap? Ready, go. Yeah, I mean, we love those things. But in my world, my friend Mark is, the doctors will do what they can, but my friend Mark needs God. It's not going to get fixed just with with our limited ability in science and those things. In my world, marriages are still flying apart, although we have a whole bunch of people with some wonderful degrees on psychology and all that stuff. Marriages still need the intervention of God. In my world, my world does not have all the answers, right? We don't have it all. So we're just, by the way, if you're 
If you're new to the church and you want to figure out a little bit about our church, we're a God who, we're, we're, a, we're a church that needs God. We're a bunch of people, we need him. It's not going to go well without him. And since I'm on kind of off my notes right now, <laughs> it's not going to go well without him. And actually, it's offensive to the creator of the universe that we think we can do it without him. That is so disrespectful. The God who created everything, to push him away and say, I don't need you, we don't need you, we don't want you, shut up. That's a bad place to be in the hands of a God who is all-powerful. It's a bad place to go. Back to the notes. So how can we get more of this God's power and miraculous activity involved in regular life? We're going to learn from Acts chapter 3, where we're going to see two men kind of doing life. And in the midst of doing life, there's going to be a situation that cannot be helped outside of God. And they intervene, and they basically you know, pray, and it works. So... Acts 3, verse 1, several verses, try to picture it as I read. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. That makes sense. Guy can't make a living. So where are you going to, you know, so his full-time job now is to sit in the best place he can sit to try to beg from people who might be the most generous. And so basically he's ta they're taking him to church and he sits like outside of the church and hopes that people will be generous with him. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Pete, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Wow. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him, a couple more verses, when all the people saw him walking, in praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Me too. The title of the talk is Inviting the Miraculous. And there's a lot in the text, but I want to focus on two things that I think will help us unleash more of the miraculous, I would love to say at the end of this talk, by the end of this talk, every time you want a miracle, it'll happen. I don't think that's probably the case. 
But I do think if we apply these things, we will see an increase. So let me pray. <clears throat> Father, we live in a world that needs you. We ourselves will come into situations that need your power. And so will you plant these seeds today in such a way so that our futures will look brighter and have more power, more of your power in them for our sake and for those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Two ideas from the text. If you have a handout there, you may want to make some notes. There's some fill in the blanks. First thing is this. More of the miraculous requires regularity in prayer. Regularity in prayer. We're going to talk a little bit about consistency in our prayer life, and not just that, but just consistency in our spiritual life. In verse 1, where it says, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. My interpretation of this is this is a regular part of their lifestyle. It doesn't say like one strange day when they felt a prompting from the Lord to do something unusual. They thought, you know what we might want to do? We've never done it before, but let's go to the temple today and pray. That's not what's happening here. Another indication is the phrase there, go to the temple, the time of prayer is a reference to hours of prayer. It's a spiritual discipline. You may or may have not heard of it. We're regularly, uh, typically nine, noon, and three o'clock, sometimes six o'clock, you strategically set aside moments in your day to reconnect to God. So probably... Peter and John are doing something that they have done hundreds, if not thousands of times in their life before. They're like, oh wait, it's three o'clock. Let's not forget about God and let's connect with him. Let's go to the temple for the time of prayer. And where we're heading, it'll come up on the screen. It's not a fill in the blank, but a lifestyle of prayer sets the stage for the miraculous prayer. Another way to look at this is we don't get it. We deceive ourselves if we think we can live spiritually lazy, rarely go to church, never read the Bible or participate in spiritual disciplines, never serve, and then as we're walking through life, far from God, really not paying attention to him, all of a sudden we're in a crisis and then we can go, oh wait, where's that miracle lever? Isn't there just a lever here that I can pull and God's power will flow? The answer to that is that's not how it works almost all the time. Sometimes in rare instances God will, you know, respond. But most of the time if you want to have consistent uh, presence and power of God, you cannot, we cannot be, we cannot be totally casual in our Christian life until a crisis comes and then think all of a sudden God's going to go, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you want me now? I haven't talked to you in a year and a half. 
But you're, oh, since you're pulling the God lever, I guess I better, does that, it does not work that way. So I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you, that's, God is not a, a monkey on a string where you just go, oh, by the way, God, need you now. It's like, that's not the way the Lord works. Here's a fill in the blank. God's power does not typically drop in on casual Christianity. That doesn't mean that if you're in a situation and you've been far from God, you should run to God and have your prayer request. And you should have people pray for you. You should jump in. But if you, and especially if you want to be a person that God would use to bring the miraculous to someone else, we're going to have to pay attention to our spiritual life consistently. By the way, this makes sense. Because our, the spiritual world is not so different from the physical world. If you want to have a big deal experience in the physical world, you're probably going to be fairly intentional. I thought about the Olympics, right? How many of you know the Olympics have been going on? Were you aware of that? Yes, you are on it. The Olympics have been going on, and I, I've seen a few of the competitions. Noticed uh, this guy, this guy I'd heard is Caleb Dressel's one of these guys. And this is right after the four by 100 swimming victory. And one of the things that I just said for full disclosure here, Pastor Steve and I look a lot like that without our shirts on. <laughs> so really, except for we don't have quite as many tattoos. Well, Steve does, but, um, that's us, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, baby. Woo! Woo! Part of me really hates these guys just because they look like that. Um, so they just won the 4 by 100 victory. And so, because they're this amazing gold medal, right, moment. Here's the reality. I think we all know this. You don't get to the gold medal moments by being like a casual swimmer. Are you with me? These guys didn't four months ago, they weren't having coffee at Starbucks and look at each other and go, dang, you got big feet. Are you a good swimmer? Well, I, yeah, I am actually pretty good. I got long arms. And then they thought, well, you do too. Well, you know what we ought to do? We ought to join the Olympics and win a gold medal. <laughs> well, yeah, sign us up. That's not the way this works. And if you transfer that to our spiritual lives and the miraculous, which, by the way, those are kind of gold medal moments when you see God intervene. He's looking down, and he wants us. No, it's, a, it's arguably, at times, a requirement for us to be spiritually disciplined. We have got to, we have got to be swimming in the, in the pool, the spiritual pool, regularly and connecting with the God of miracles regularly. Another way to look at it is, if you want God's power displayed, grow up. I don't mean grow up. I mean, just like, be growing up in the Lord. Even Jesus Christ, who we see when he started his public ministry about 30 years old, before he got, to, that's when the miraculous began to happen. We see indications when he was 12 years old, he was in the temple, 
and it says, and Jesus grew. He's just, just almost a teenager. But what's he doing? He's growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Even Jesus Christ had a season of growing up before the miraculous came. The disciples who God used again and again, they went through a three-year boot camp with Jesus. Development. So this brings a, a question in our lives. Here it is. Come up on the screen. How can I up my spiritual game in everyday life? It's a great question. It might look different for different folks in the room, but I would encourage you to explore that. If you just want to leave that up on the screen, how can you, how can we pay attention, up our spiritual game in our spiritual life? Because that will be helpful in the future when you find yourself in a crisis or want to be helpful to someone. Like in my life, I know in the last year and a half, I've been trying to up my spiritual game. I've really been trying to do it, you know, most of my life after I became a, a Christian. But some recent things, been, I've been, uh, you know, not turning on the television while I'm getting ready in the morning. Because I've found it's not helpful to my spiritual life. I limit... Uh, the music that I listen to in my car. I either am listening uh, typically to gospel, some kind of gospel music, something that encourages my spirit, or I just stay silent and I talk to God. I, uh, in recent days, and you may not understand this and that's okay, but I, uh, recent days I've been praying more in a, in a prayer language that I pray. Because I'm just trying everything, to, like to connect with God, try to grow up. For me, that means, this is again, this is for me, that, I know this is true. I can't live on a verse or two a day. I need more Bible in me than that. So it's, a, it's you know, chapter, chapters a day. I listen to the Bible. I just need that in my soul. It may look different for you. Before we move on to the second point, we're going to watch a video of uh, two guys Chris Krempeck and Jeremy Johnston, and they're going to share a little bit about how they're just trying to keep their spiritual life vibrant. Watch this. Hi, I'm Chris Krempeck. I work at a place called Truck Centers, and I've been following Christ for about a good year and a half now. Hello, my name is Jeremy Johnston. I actually work at the Granger Post Office. I'm a rule carrier there. I've been following Christ since 2016. Being audacious for me is just taking that leap of faith and actually making that first step uh, of uncomfortability. Me and Jeremy, we met during school of ministry. We were in separate tracks. I was in the leadership track. He was in the outreach track. So we never really talked to each other much. Uh, it wasn't until the mission trip where we were actually roommates. And as we were uh, praying for prostitutes, for homeless people, and for anyone that we could out there, uh, each night we would we would talk about it. We would talk just how exciting it was and how how on fire we were that we were out there doing this. But then we had a big conversation uh, each night too. I'm like, why can't we do this here in our in South Bend in Mishawaka? Why can't we bring this home? When we were out there, we wanted to come back changed. We didn't want to come back this the same. You know, we wanted this experience to to change us. So Chris and I, within our ministry. Uh, we put plans together. We actually go out on Wednesday nights 
and we kind of talk about the night, maybe where we want to go, and then we pray. We pray into the night, and then we go out into the city. You know, we go out not just to talk to people, but to pray for people. Mm -hmm. uh, one example we can think of is uh, one guy we, we meet, and we, we probably see him every week. His name is John. One night where I feel like it was very powerful was uh, he was saying he was feeling pain in his leg. Uh, he was uh, a war veteran, and he said he got shot in the leg uh, back back in Vietnam, I believe. Uh, so he said there was a lot of pain. So we asked, could we pray for his leg? Could we pray for healing and whatnot? And he was all, all ready for it. The next week when we saw John, um, he, he said his leg was feeling better. And I want to add that I think he even said that it was completely gone, hmm. the pain. He did purposely say the prayer helped. That's the conversation we want to have with people, you know, to talk about God, to talk about Jesus and everything that he's done for us and the power that he has and what he can do. I think for me at least, I wanted more. So I wanted to take that next step, that second step or that third step. Gosh, if we were going to live out the gospel, that's what the apostles did. That's what Jesus did. And I want to do the stuff. I want to do the stuff that's in, in the gospels. Yeah, I think, I think you can all do it. We all have it in us. To be honest, when we go out, it's, it, it, it is a little uncomfortable still, yeah. you know, because you, sure. you don't know what to expect. You know, you don't, you don't know what's gonna happen. But, you know, to learn, for me to learn to break that barrier is just really, just listen to God. I mean, listen to where the Holy Spirit's gonna guide you. And to me, that's what gives me strength. Isn't that good? It's challenging. So I don't know how it works out in your life, but keep leaning in to spiritual disciplines, to development, to Bible, to praying for people, to praying. It's, it's connected. So that idea was more of the miraculous requires a regularity in prayer. I got one more point. We're going to have to hit it quickly. Went on too many tangents. All right. Second thing, more of the miraculous requires confidence in the Lord. Confidence in the Lord. And I want, to, I want to try to, as a group, notice the confidence that Peter and John have in the midst of this situation where they need a miracle. So in the verse, just get a load of how they approach the situation. Peter says, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Does it feel like to you that's a, there's a sense of spiritual confidence that God is a God who interacts, God is a God who has power, God is a God who can fix that and wants to fix that? When he says, oh yeah, I don't have any money, how about this, get up and walk. That's a confident person. It's a little different than some of my typical prayer moments where someone might be in need and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you later. Over dinner maybe, if I feel prompted. And if it's the Lord's will. Does that make sense? Now my prayers aren't always that weak, but there are times that's, and, and I, I, there's this walk, walk. That is a confidence thing that God wants to move. By the way, this confidence thing, this is a faith thing. It is connected with the miraculous regularly. In Matthew 9, 29, 
Jesus is going to heal uh, a couple blind individuals. And he says, in, according, it says he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. That word faith can be translated confidence. Let it be done to you. So here's the million-dollar question for me. It'll come up on the screen. How did Peter and John get that kind of confidence? How did they have that kind of confidence to say, walk? And here's my theory. You can write this down. The disciples' confidence came from impressive past experiences. Past experiences that impressed them, influenced them, helped them realize there is a God who intervenes. They had a track record, a growing track record of experiences that told them God does this stuff. He answers prayer. So we're going to finish our time by talking about just building our spiritual resume, starting where you're at, praying, loving God, and asking for things, and keeping track of when God does something, then it makes you have more confidence that God does things. Let me try to give you an example. Uh, I'm going to use an example from uh, some experience I had recently in praying and watching people pray about pro-life issues. Now, just a side note. I don't bring up a pro-life issue in, in order to hurt you or if you've had an abortion, okay? My goal here is not to, if, you, if you've had an abortion, I would encourage you, there's forgiveness in Jesus. Uh, and by the way, I've had a, a number of friends that have experienced in their past, it was super helpful for them to talk to somebody and to, and to be encouraged that God brings forgiveness. And if you've stayed silent about that stuff and you're hurting inside, talk to me, talk to somebody. And, and I realized, okay, so I'm not telling this to hurt people's feelings. And if you're, if you're uh, pro-choice, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you. I've just decided uh, personally I'm going to be a little more vocal on this. I've stayed silent too much of my life. So I'm trying to get involved in some of these things. So I went at the last 24 hours of Love Our City. We had a two-hour block of time where you could go just pray for uh, alongside of an, a, a clinic where they do abortions. Here's what it looks like. There are people regularly praying, and you just gather, and you're just praying for God in, to intervene in this situation. So there's this pic these pictures. There's another picture of, of a couple people standing out praying, right? So you just are praying, God, to uh, come in, and get in the middle and fix this situation in these situations. So after observing that and praying some myself, I remember about a month later, I got an update that the clinic uh, was closed on a day, which was unusual. Like, wait a minute, the clinic didn't open that day. And you know what that did in my life? I'm like, oh, like, is it, God is listening. And it made me want to pray more. Then I went to a prayer dinner, and uh, this was just a few weeks back, and they reported there that the clinic had actually been closed for two weeks, which I was like, what? And so, you know, I'm like, this is good. And you know what that, getting those testimonies, it makes me go, I think I want to pray some more. And I got an email this week, and here's what the email said. Uh, we got word today that the clinic may be closed for the foreseeable future because they can't get a doctor to be in there, and this, which is cool. Now, just for full disclosure, I did find out just yesterday an update that it opened for two days this week. 
But you know what? I, I'm disappointed in that, but I'm also confident in, all right, I'm going to just pray more. And, and I'm grateful mostly for the people that are praying for this. But those experiences over time raise my confidence that I can pray and God will answer. So this is basically a challenge for us to engage in prayer, engage in spiritual discipline. And when you see God move, pay attention. And it'll build our confidence to have more confidence and to pray more. And, to, and does that, it, it's, a, it's a building your spiritual resume so that we can have confidence. One last thing I'm going to promote here a little bit. 24 hours to love our city. Many of those things can give us experiences where as we try to represent God in our city, you'll see the hand of God move and make a difference in people's lives and in situations. So if you've, if you've not part of that, just sign up for a two-hour block. You never know what you might see God do. There's all different kinds of ways you can serve. You can help with school-age kids or clean up parks or feed hungry people, back, bake cookies, nursing home stuff. Um, and... Uh, uh, there's a booth in the atrium you can sign up for. You can get online. It'll be worth your time. So just to recap, more of the miraculous requires regularity in prayer and confidence in the Lord. And I know there's another fill in the blank, so some of you will not be able to get to the rest of your day if we don't fill it in. <laughs> so here it is. Will you join me in prioritizing spiritual activity this is a big invitation. This week, today, prioritize spiritual activity. Don't just figure out how to smoke a pork tenderloin to perfection this summer. Don't just figure out, don't just watch YouTube videos on how to get rid of moles in your yard. Or, right? Don't just give your life to that stuff. Give your life, include in your life, Jesus Christ. We'll never be sorry that we give our life to God. So, prioritize spiritual activities so we can see more of the miraculous. That was there, those kind of things. Why don't you stand? Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.